Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We don't got Cliff here today. I'm on a, the island of Kauai where we filmed the, the episode of the Looking for the Littlefoot Menahuni on Finding Bigfoot. And I got one of our guest Hawaiian guides, John, and his girlfriend, Juice, who is our local producer, who they met on the show, actually. So we got them joining us today. We're just going to talk a story a little bit about what went on behind the uh, scenes of the show. We're filming in Hawaii. So welcome to John and Juice. Yeah, what's up? Hey, Aloha, everybody. Hello. How's it? How's it? <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, Bobes. Yep. Yeah. So I met John first back, uh, that was a pretty long time ago. It was in the 90s, about 98, yeah. 99. Yeah, up in Humboldt. He was he was actually the first uh, athlete to get a scholarship to Humboldt State University for football. Yeah. Came over from Kauai. Then um, he was playing music over there, ukulele, and I met him after a show and uh, ended up eventually taking him Bigfoot hunting. Yeah, that was a trip. My first time Bigfoot hunting hunting it was me and uh you and bubba yeah so it's john bobo and bubba yeah out in the forest i think we went to trinidad right up we went north there with all my cows in the redwoods yeah that was a trip i'd never been bigfoot hunting but i was always pretty interested and i knew you were you know bigfoot researcher enthusiast all that stuff so that was kind of cool but um it's cool but scary and I, yeah. I, I don't know what to expect and then you tell us stories about like how you had been bluff charged in the past by yeah. a big squatch and you know the next day like nine foot high branches were broken you're like yeah. how the heck did that happen so that was pretty nuts bro i thought we were going to get action in it because that that place i took it to used to be pretty consistent like for activity and I, yeah just like two weeks before i had something happen there but yeah it was, it was pretty quiet that night but it was i remember it was it was coolest being in the redwoods in the dark though chilling and yeah there. it was a trip and then bubble was tripping even harder because he's native Right. So he's like, oh, you don't mess with Sasquatch. Yeah. Like my people, they don't. This is not playing games. Bro. He was, he was <laughs> freaking out. He was Yurok, right? Or he, uh, he's both. Uh, no, no, he's not Yurok. He was a uh, um, confederated tribes of Grand Ron. Okay. And, uh, so he's Muckleshoot and oh, okay. something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember him tripping out and then he was tripping out. So I'm tripping out and I'm looking at you. He's just like cool as hell. Just like, yeah, yeah, this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of i always felt bad like i always felt when i talked to the natives like because the old school natives are like don't mess with them and like they're right but they're it's kind of like uh well i used to live in shelter Cove back in like the late 80s little spot in, in southern humboldt this it was like you could buy lots for seven grand ten grand and i didn't want to be a part of the exploitation it was like no yeah. one was down there and i was the only licensed real estate agent down there I didn't do it, and it still got sold out and built up anyways, and all these other people made tons of money, and I didn't. I was like, it's kind of the same thing. If I don't do it, someone else is going to do it anyways. Yeah, I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time up there on the Hoopa Res, and that was, you know, they they showed mad respect for Sasquatch, but they also, like, they're also, um, what, inquisitive, you know? Yeah, like, they uh, want to know. The younger that, generation. Oh, the younger the generation, they'll talk it. about it. The older ones, it's kind of like a almost taboo subject or it's more sacred not taboo but like sacred like, oh the generation of me would barely talk to you at all yeah. about it. No, uh, they, they would just go like they'd tell you we're not allowed to talk about it but the kids that grew up like with a satellite dish and watching tv their whole lives oh yeah they'll they're, they're way more likely to talk about it. like and the elders nowadays a lot of them are my age you know so it's like they're they're as long as you're respectful about it like on the show we kind of did a lot more like kind of aggressive stuff like if i'm like on some travel or something i just do I don't do anything aggressive. I just do some knocks and some howls. Like, 
nothing like growling or nothing like that. I know. I remember the first time I heard you do the howl or whatever, and I was like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> like, is this how it works? You just come out here and do some hoops and whatever and yells or whatever. But yeah. And then, and then from there, that started our journey. We did the, we did the show, you know, Tintin from, you know, North Shore Koi yeah. and me from here on the West Side. That was cool too. And then, that experience led to the Santa Cruz experience led to the the Kauai Menehune experience. Yeah. So we got like years worth of yeah. messing around in the forest yeah. looking for stuff yeah. that everybody said no exists. Oh, uh, dude. How funny is There's a little behind the scenes story. Shared a room with Tintin. Oh, my God. Is <laughs> yeah. yeah. to get stripped down naked in the middle of the night and yeah. snore the loudest you've ever heard of anyone? He snores louder than grizzly bears at the zoo, bro. He's like, <laughs> that was an experience, man. <laughs> That's when he was drinking still. Yeah. That was, that uh, was on the crazy. phone, drunk in the middle of the night, going, Barker, you got to go kill this guy. Beat this, <laughs> beat this dude up. He stole from my house. I remember him talking to Barker on the phone. We're all the way in Santa Cruz. He was like, Barker, you got to help me out. I could hear Barker on the other end saying, no, don't worry, Tim. We're going to handle him. You know? <laughs> Take care of it. Tim's great. Good brother, bro. Good. Oh, yeah. He's doing great. He's he lost a bunch of, he's lost 115 pounds. He's surfing again and hiking and eating healthy and yeah, no beer. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then also, no, if not, you got to meet Juice. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to meet Juice because of you. And yeah. Well, Actually, I think it's like Makua who kind of yeah, gets Makua. the credit, right? Yeah, Makua Rothman, the whole reason we were coming over was like, what do you, how do you call it? What do you say the name of that pig god is again? Kamapua. Yeah, Kamapua. Yeah, uh, I was at Pipe one day. We're just chilling at the Volcom house. That's where we used to hang out. And Makua came in with a story about, he ran into that thing up at that, what's that place we went and filmed that? Kualoa Ranch. Kualoa yeah, Kualoa Ranch, Ranch on the northeast North side. Shore. Yeah, northeast, yeah. Yeah. He had permission to hunt there. It's like this 4,000 acre ranch where they filmed like Jurassic Park and King Kong and stuff like that. It's beautiful. And, uh, he ran him and his part, hunting partner ran into one. He said it had glowing red eyes, like eight foot tall, tore down a banana tree, like roaring in front of him. And he was flipped out. I mean, yeah. he was, eyes were popped out of his head still. It was like the next morning. And then um, when we came to, uh, so I talked to the network and they were saying, because I used to always say on the show when we were like in the snow, if it was freezing, I'd be like, oh, I'm getting a lot of reports from Kauai saying <laughs> there's a uh, Bigfoot activity over there. We got to go check it out. And uh, it's kind of a running joke. And then, we started running out of places to go. They wanted to do something. They wanted to do something travel because people watch the show as a travel show more than they watch it as a Bigfoot show. So I, I called Makua. Uh, I was talking to Makua about it. He was all excited to do it. Then he, he was on that big wave tour. And he got called. He had to go surf that big wave contest yeah. somewhere. And so he just goes, "I'm not going to be there, bro." I'm like, "Oh, he'll give my my manager juice. She she can she does that. She does handles she handles anything. She's like uh, go to all purpose." permits locations yeah. food service all that yeah so we got hooked up with juice and then um yeah so i did a conference call with you and hollywood producer sean mantooth international yeah. Yeah. In, oh international, international hollywood, producer. hollywood producer sean mantooth and then i was like wait what am i getting myself into over here it, wasn't it first off the bar yeah Bobo and Mantu. It was like. Oh what? no, we were we were at the bar. You were waiting for us. You're all we're getting, we're getting school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're getting like yelled at. When we get up to the car because we were, we stopped like for a beer real quick, and right. we were, we parted on the flight over. That's right. That's right. We had first class free drinks, and so we got there like, well, shit, we need another drink before we get in the car, and we were like, we were like ten minutes late getting out there. We were, like, used to sit there waiting. She's like. You bastards! You know, like, <laughs> I was like, "Dang, we're getting chewed out like when we land." Nah, I miss man too. Yeah, he's yeah. hilarious. I haven't seen him in years, but that guy is like, spend five minutes with that guy, and you already know, like, what did I? What oh did yeah. I <laughs> you start questioning. Yeah, what's, and, what's really going? I on. saw him at Gramps's wedding. Gramps, though. Yeah, so yeah. I, yeah. I saw him at his wedding a couple several months ago. So it's good to see man too. But we, um, and then that's how I met you. Because yeah. we were location scouting, and they're like, "Oh, oh!" And Bobo was like, "Don't you know who John Rivera was?" Because I was managing yeah. some Hawaiian oh. musicians at the yeah. time, I Love, and I was like in the music scene. Right. And you were like, "You don't know who John Rivera is?" And I was like, 
shit, I better get out my Google. I don't know who this guy is. Like, I don't, you know, you're like, he's the most popular musician on Kauai. What's wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. But you're like, yeah, well, you'll meet him because we met him at the Walmart parking lot. So essentially, we met at the Walmart parking lot. Oh yeah, and then we went to Boyd so guy's house from, oh, yeah, from yeah. there. As yeah. we went to Boyd's house to like, because oh, yeah. he was the connection to Boyd to location scout on Grove oh, Farmland. Yeah. Right. And that then, place was sick too. Was that like thirty thousand acres? Forty thousand. Oh, he gave us the run of the place. It was such a nice guy. So yeah. generous. Oh, that guy's amazing, though. I love that guy. I love his family. You know, they, they do a lot of the, the movie stuff. And I don't know if he's still doing it now because he works for the county now. Right. He's a assistant county engineer or something like that. Yeah, he but, was cool um, as well. Yeah, they do all the movies. With the Rock. and The Rock did a bunch of movies after we did the... Yeah. Right. Did, um, they did a bunch of movies. What here. is that one that came out? The Disney one um, that's a ride? Jungle oh, oh, Cruise. Jungle, Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Yeah, they did that here. Classic. Yeah, they did Jungle Cruise. They probably bragging on Rock like Bubble films here. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Well, I, did, I, was, uh, I just did some extra work, but they, we did the um, Hobbs and Shaw here. What's that? Uh, it's like the um, Fast and Furious Six. franchise. Oh, okay. It's yeah. the, the Rock did it. It's Fast and Furious 12. Yeah. <laughs> 15, 30. Yeah. It's like crazy. But yeah, that was, that was good times, man. That was hilarious. Remember, somebody just asked me. So my, I go to physical therapy up here and my, my back's out or whatever. Right. And uh, the physical therapist, Joe, he's asking me about the show and this and that. And then he said, oh, I saw you on a, on a Bigfoot show, <laughs> Bigfoot, and you guys was like making one huli huli pig in the, yeah. in the forest in Santa Cruz. I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. He's like, well, how come you guys making one pig in the forest? I was like, because <laughs> I was told that the Bigfoots like parties, like when they hear plenty noise and celebratory noises yeah, yeah. and smell something cooking, they always come curious and they're like, look, so we pretty much true on Hawaiian Luau in the forest yeah. in Santa Cruz, me, you, the whole crew, and Tintin. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I was wondering why you guys was roasting on Tintin <laughs> in the middle of the forest on the mainland. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's why. I think a lot of people wonder that. Yeah. It didn't work that night. I mean, yeah. You know what's funny is like, I've gotten more reports, uh, several more reports from that area. Like, I don't think they like, live there, live there, but I think they get up there fairly often pass through that zone. Because tell me about Santa Cruz, like Santa Cruz, like that's totally populated, but that's pretty unpopulated in those mountains behind. I mean, there. the mountains was remote to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we left the town, and then immediately you're in the mountains. Kind of yeah. like my house over here, like you drive, right. you drive off the main strip, and in like literally two minutes, you're so yeah. rural. Yeah. Or it feels that way, you know. Right, like, right. Deep in the forest somewhere, but it's right off the main drag. But yeah, Santa Cruz was a trip, and then the um, the museums and stuff up there, like plenty of stuff to like. Learn, right yeah you know i i had no idea santa cruz had that heap and uh or uh deep history with sasquatch and all that stuff yeah i found out more historical accounts from, like, from the 1800s and stuff i was yeah i was I'm actually working on a documentary bigfoot and big sur we're doing one down there on the big sur oh, wow. coast nice. yeah that'll be cool yeah it's Great place. It's like, you know, working in Hawaii kind of. Yeah, it's pick beautiful. A, pick there. the most beautiful spots to go yeah. film. I have a funny story. Remember Ha'a worked on the show? Oh, yeah. Brian's Kill daughter. And, like, remember you, got, you guys gave him a Bigfoot cast yeah. or whatever? And, like, so we're in Makaha Beach and give him the Bigfoot thing. And, like, you know Brian's worked on – he's a stunt uh, coordinator. Totally. He's, like, totally – Tons of movies. Like, he's deep in the movies. Like, water world. You know, he's done it all. Water, water yeah, safety. all the water safety for all the stuff. He's done, like – he does, like, Doogie Aloha and CIS. All of these shows. And Ha'a has, like, been extras or done stunts on, right. like, movies and all these things. But I have King to Kong, tell you, right. I have never seen him so stoked – from when she appeared on Bigfoot. And I was like, out of everything, I was like, that's your friend. All the major films, like, all of that stuff. Oh, that is mean. Like, he was, like, bragging to everyone on the beach that Ha'a was on the Finding Menehune Bigfoot show. And he was walking around with his cast, showing everyone at the beach. And Ha'a and I were dying because he was like... He's like, Brian Keolano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was world like... Oh, world, world champion. Yeah. He's done so was much like, in his career. 
Oh, yeah, a cow contest. Yeah. yeah, he was so stoked that I was like, did the show, and we all did the show, and oh my god, he was That's so hilarious. funny. I saw it. Yeah, I saw him at Pipe Masters, but he was like busy. Yeah, running yeah. the water crews and stuff. So I didn't. T- I never talked to him yet. Yeah, yeah, we gotta like set you up. Go yeah. yeah, he's a Buffalo Carolina's son. Son, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a huge sh- water family, but I was cracking up. I called him. I was like, you'll never believe. <laughs> I thought that he was like funny. thought he won the lottery. It was like, look at cast. my thing I got. Look at everyone. Yeah. Look at my Bigfoot cast. I was like, oh my goodness. He was cool. Yeah, there was a lot of party in that one. Like they had to put subtitles. I mean, remember we drove up to, like, we were doing like driving around Kauai, looking at the like landmarks and stuff. Lampies drew up to like Menahuni Pond and all that. And oh yeah. I, I swear to God, I did not know that Mike's hard lemonade was alcohol drink. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they, I thought it was lemonade. I and I got, I was pretty hammered. I drank like four of them. And Tim was drinking them. And, and they had a subtitle be like, I was, I was kind of slurring. <laughs> I crazy. used to like text him on the side, like, because I'd be, you know, driving with Mantooth and we'd be like location scouting or doing something. And Mantooth is in the passenger seat on his computer, all intense, right. like, yeah, like yeah. clicking, you know. And I've discovered that he was like, I don't know what his thing is with chickens, but you know, like, cause they <laughs> right. get so many. Yeah. So when the chicken crosses the road, I hit the gas and Mantooth would be like, why are you trying to kill the chickens? Like freaking out. And like, I'm like, Brad, just chill out. There's like 20,000 more where that one came from. Like, don't worry about Driving it. Driving over here just now, I was on the phone with our uh, producer, Matt, that edits the show and stuff. And uh, I was talking about, I was like, oh, man, this guy just ran, ran over a hen and, like, ten hatchlings. And I'm like, yeah, they don't care. They don't, doesn't bother them at all over here. They just mow them over. Yeah, just mow them over. I felt some of those, like, five hatchlings left just running away, like, with no mom. Yeah. Like, but there's plenty of stray cats. Totally. It's fine. There's, like, there's plenty. <laughs> there's plenty of chickens to go around. Or you yeah, can, yeah. like, hit it and, like, make huli huli chicken later or something like she that. She said there's less because, I mean, she said there's less than there was a while ago because we're staying over in Wyman. There's, like, there's only, like, two roosters in the whole place. Oh, maybe they... Them them out. Yeah, because they yeah. are kind of a nuisance. Oh, totally. Because I remember like staying whenever they just stayed. crap everywhere, and they like dig yeah. up all my. They dig up loud. all my. Yeah, they're annoying. If I see them, I spray them with the water hose because then they'll like think this is their home. You know, right? But this this ain't your home. Go right. Go away, man, dude. Man, I remember that guy. For some reason, he was so scared of Hawaii. Just everything about it intimidated him. I yeah. felt like anyway, like. Remember we went to go, we had prior permission to go film somewhere on private land. Oh, yeah, yeah, We yeah. went up there, and then these guys just tried to shut them down. And and I was going to go speak on behalf of the whole group. And Mantooth was like, no, oh, we're out of here. here. Let's go, let's yeah. go. <laughs> he was like being apologetic. I was like, dude, we got permission to be here. Stay tuned for more Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We'll be right back after these messages. Sonidos of our music. Sonidos of our voices. Sonidos of our stories. Listen to the sounds and voices of Latin music and culture with Pandora stations like RMX, La Vida en Pop, El Pulso en Satélites, and podcasts like Ruby Rosa and more. From music to stories, all that we are is in the sonidos of our culture. Listen now on Pandora. You know what people always ask me about the show and my experience uh-huh. on the show? They always ask me, but is that stuff real? Like, are you, are you, uh, yeah. out, out there really looking for stuff? And I'll, or I Hawaii was time, kind of... I remember the first time using the FLIR. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, this stuff is real. Like, I, you know, using the, the uh, what is it, detects heat or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, nah, bro, we're out in the forest where bears and... You guys filmed the mountain lion, didn't you? Mountain lions, yeah. Could come and get you at any time it's real like we're out there looking you know what i mean and making the right noises and whatever but people really? always ask me is that real i said look you think we're in some studio somewhere <laughs> i mean when we came to hawaii we knew we weren't going to find anything or yeah. see it. I mean, it was more just kind of like a travel episode like we're, yeah. we're, we're just in the culture and the history and but the menahune is a real thing yeah yeah, yeah i mean they're a real legit. thing yeah you know? oh, I, I know that but i, I but we weren't going to find right one of course night. of course 
Tintin yeah. was the closest, right? Doesn't he have like? Well, he's a yeah, he yeah. Like, yeah. He really is. Yeah. Well, because in the census back in the eighteen yeah. hundreds, they um, eighteen twenty, right? Yeah, people used to um, when they registered with the census or whatever, they identified as many Waniha. Waniha Valley had two hundred, two hundred, two hundred men of Hindus lived in Waniha. Oh yeah, that was beautiful. What's that guy's name that had lived there and we went to his Tyson? house? Tyson. Oh, Tyson. Gomes. Beautiful area. Oh, it's so his gorgeous. house is beautiful. So how was it filling with Moneymaker? Oh my gosh, that, that guy, guy was hilarious. Intense. Yeah. yeah. I luckily got partnered with um, Cliff. Oh, he's mellow. So I didn't... Ha'a got partnered with Moneymaker. Yeah. yeah. And so she spent the majority of time with him. But you know, I haven't watched the episode in so long. We, I know. We got to see how watch it. You were on camera? Yeah. Because Mac- oh, I took Makula's right. place. That's right. God, how did I forget that? I knew, I, mean, I knew you were there the whole time. But I forgot yeah. you were filming. It's kind of a joke between me and Ha'a because somehow I... Whatever we're shooting, even if I'm not on it, I end up on the freaking show. It's right. like, you know, I don't know. It's just funny how that works. But, um, yeah, so I took Makua's place, and that's why right. we filmed at Kualoa, and I was filming with Cliff. And then we did the – that was my first time using the FLIR right. thing. And then – That thing's legit. Oh, yeah. I was with Cliff and Tom. T-P? T-Pain? Yeah, yeah. T-Pain? Is that his, like, Instagram? T-Pain? I think I follow him on I'm Instagram. not sure. So, any, I was with them, and the, we were using the FLIR. That was, like, my first time ever, like, seeing right. that shit. And we were, like, I could see, like, I think it was rats, you know? Which was oh, yeah, freak. Yeah. I don't like moving anything over there. <laughs> and, like, I, you know, I was a little <clears throat> nervous to be there anyways, because that's, like, a, that valley is intense, you know? yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in that valley. Like, it's a sacred valley. I've seen some stuff over there. And so I was already kind of nervous, you know. But those guys were like, whatever. They didn't didn't care. But I remember, I think um, they told me that they were trying to, like, catch this, like, frog thing to scare the living daylights out of me. Because there's a one point in the scene, I think I screamed. (laughs) I was seeing all the stuff in the flare, whatever. And they were trying to get a frog to, like, put it on me or, like, put it near me so I'd go crazy and just, like, run around screaming. But (laughs) they didn't get me on that one. But thank God. I'm surprised you guys never see night marchers over there. Isn't that place, like, notorious Well, and I seen one, but not. You saw night marcher? Yeah. Late army girl. <laughs> so, um, Kualoa Ranch. We're at Kualoa Ranch. Well, some night marchers are real quick. Hmm? Let's explain what a night marcher is. Oh, God. It just depends. I think a lot of islands have different... Different kinds. Different night marchers or different sources of night marchers. But, you know, like in in, in, a lot of, in ancient times, they used to have... Um, just people used to walk, you know? Every, right. No cars. So they walking and it's... it's Usually based on these old either hunting trails or just old trails that were traveled a lot back in the day. They had like a royal trail in the too, right? They had yeah. plenty of trails and some, you know, like, so night marches is basically, like when we go hunting, when I was young, they always used to tell us, oh, when you sleep, if you got to sleep in the, out in the forest, if you're going to stay overnight, um, don't sleep on the trail or don't sleep across the trail. Right. Sleep on the side of the trail just in case that trail has night marches, which is basically right. Hawaiian ghosts doing their thing walking around where they're you know where they're walking and some people think what's oh, old um old warriors walking around right. which back in the day everybody was a warrior pretty much right <laughs> still but, is yeah some, <laughs> some people say it was um you know there's uh delegations of royalty that were you know, traveling from place to place or whatever so there's so many stories and i don't know exactly what what is the ones the ones i heard like the the, it was King Kamehameha's guards with the guys told me on Big Island. Yeah. And they uh and they carry torches. So you'll yeah. see the torches coming. Yeah, you see torches coming. Have that's, you seen the torches? That's what I saw. I saw that's what I saw. Legit. I swear to God. Tell us. So we were in the valley and we were um I was part of this like <clears throat> Uh, what do you call it? Like an obstacle challenge thing that we created was called Makahiki Challenge. It was kind of like a Spartan, uh-huh. but like Hawaiian right. kind. Right. And so once a year, we'd put on this race, and then we always stay in the valley because we're working until four or five in the morning, and then the race would be the next day, right? right. So it was like, how many people get to spend the night in the valley anyway? So we kind of took no it way. as a like an you know as an experience, and so. I'd been doing that for years, you know, and then um, I think this was the last year that I'd done it. 
right before, maybe right before I'd filmed with you guys, I think, or right during that time. And so Ha'a and I, I don't know if you've seen the ranch and then they have that statue. What is it like Rapa Nui or whatever? They have it like Uh in the middle. Yeah. So we were like staying down in that area. Um, And we um, like Maui was driving excavator and stuff at four in the morning, like, you know, getting stuff done and doing whatever. And so we all came back to camp. And Hot and I were like, let's get some like star pictures because it's so sick out there, right? It's like pitch black, pitch black. There's zero light. There's zero infrastructure there to create any light. There's nothing. Yeah, there's no ambient light. And so she was like, and you know how um, night pictures are where it's like you have to like sit really, stand really, really still, you know? So it's taking a long time. And so. We were both getting in the picture and the camera, she had set the timer on the camera and we're looking down the valley, right, like right in the middle and to the right, we see this huge freaking torch. Like what, I mean, I, we immediately like freaked out because that's a night marcher. You know what I mean? There's like no way that there's a person on that mountain. There's like zero chance of a human being up there and we could see it carrying. I could, it's like, you could see the mostly just see the torch of like what, you know how somebody would Uh be walking with the torch where you could see it like moving and we could see it like traveling. And we got so scared. We were like, get, get us out of here. And then we just ran back to our tent because. Did it illuminate what was holding it? No, I just saw the a, like a figure and then like it walking, you know, maybe like walking a few. F- right. I didn't stay long enough to see where it where it went, but it was like walking along the ridge line. But, you know, when someone's like walking mm-hmm. with something, you can see it like how it would move. And we were out. I like we were <laughs> like, grab the camera. Let's go back. How, how far hide. away was it? It was pretty far. I mean, hundreds of feet probably, but it's like, like that telephone pole over there behind that tree or that palm tree. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. But it was like up on the mountain. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, so it was like yeah. up, it was like Kula Ranch is like one Valley right. and you're surrounded by these mountains. So if you're looking at the Valley, the right side had mountain and That's steep. Yeah. And it was like, there's no way like a human, you know, would be walking in that area. You need like climbing ropes. And not oh, with yeah. fire either. They and not with fire, right. right? Like not with a torch. That's I've where, never seen anything like that. In that's where Makua had his, his run in with that. Yeah. that. I mean, it's that, the valley, it doesn't give me like spooky vibes. Like I'm not scared of that valley, but <clears> there's like mana there. There's like. Oh, you can feel it so heavy. You can feel it. It's heavy. And. It's not good or bad. It's just a feeling, heavy. you know, it's just heavy. Yeah. It's like, there's something right. bigger than you here. Big time. So yeah, that was my one experience. Yeah, I had a, my uncle um, was hunting and he was younger back his years ago, but he never heed the warnings, you know, like even his right. own warnings. And he just, I think they're hunting someplace where it's like loaded with them. Um, Lantana, blackberry kind of bushes with uh-huh. the thorns all over them. Right. And so he didn't want to come off the trail and sleep off the trail because <clears> the trail was a clearer spot and not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he slept on the trail and woke up the next morning and his ribs were all bruised as if people were just walking on him all night. Kind of. Oh, what? Story, yeah. What yeah. island? Right here. Koke. Yeah. Oh, damn. That's right here, Lobsters. You do it. Well, there's a Koke in Kalala Valley. Yeah. I had an experience back in 89. My buddy and I went in there a day. We hiked in there. We went in, we met this uh, little old, like, Filipino guy. Like, I can't remember his name, but he was pretty well known. He lived up there and hunted goats and, like, just lived out the land. He was... He was part of the hippie community? Oh, no, no, wait. There was, there was an old Filipino guy, but then there was another guy. He was a, a Gurkha. He's an ex-Gurkha Nepalese army guy. You know, those oh, guys yeah. Those guys yeah. are intense. Yeah, he was he was living in there. and He, he hiked us in. We met him during the day. In town, we picked up hitchhiking. We drove back to the end of the road there to go hiking in the valley. It's like, what, 11 miles, I think, 12 miles, something like yeah. that. Pretty gnarly hike, actually. But he's like, oh, there's a moon out. Let's go in tonight. So we hiked in that night. It was it was a beautiful hike, sketchy, pretty dangerous dude in the dark. But it's we, sketchy in the day. Yeah. So we went in, and then we got to our spot. And all of a sudden, when we were down in there, we started hearing drums coming out of the ground. Like See? That fast, like, Tahitian yeah. style drum, like that real fast, like those hollow logs. Yeah. 
what do you what do you call that? Toeri. Toeri, yeah. Yeah, it was that sound coming out of the ground. And we didn't, and, and uh, the old Filipino guy was like, oh, get on the ground, it's night marchers. I didn't know what night marchers were. And he said, get on the ground, look, put your face down, don't look, don't look. We got on the ground, put our faces down. I was peeking, he said, <laughs> he said if you see the torches, you're in trouble. Yeah. And I looked at it, but didn't see that, but the drumming lasted for about 15 or 20 minutes. That long? And, yeah, then it faded away. We were just tripping, and then um, wow! Uh, these people came down. These hippies that were hiding out, living. Out, I, I think they just were maybe starting the permits back then. Like you could only be in there two yeah. weeks. I think you could only stay two weeks was the deal or something. But they were living up in there. They came down just like ghost face, just like eyes big. They said they seen the guys marching with the torches, big, huge, old looking Hawaiian guys wearing like robes. Some kind of robe oh, or something. Oh, hail to the no. Yeah, and then I, I talked to other people that said they've seen them over on Big Island. All the other people I know that have seen them said there's always Big Island. Yeah. Oh, I'll get to. That's what yeah. I know. Oh, something. You know, up the Pali, there's thousands of people who died up there. You know, right. Yeah. They, they just threw themselves in that war. The, the Kamehameha came. Yeah. And, oh, up the Pali on Oahu, you know, like, in the battle, I think it was the Battle of Nuuanu, and then all those those Hawaiians they got beat back all the way back up against right. the wall really no wall it's back up against a cliff right. and instead of surrendering they'd rather die so they jumped by the thousands jumped off that off the poly so you know that's like a mass grave up there right. Right? you know tons of souls up there that right. passed away and so I you know there's no wonder why Oahu has night marchers too because well the, the the only ghost I've ever seen was right up right there at Pipe dude right there in front of the the old local mouse, a small one. Yeah. It was the night Brucey won the Brucey won pipe that day. We had this huge party that night, and it was just crazy. The paper said it was the craziest party on the North Shore since 1975. <laughs> when the two bales of drugs washed up on the beach, and there's like a three day party or something. <laughs> like but anyways, uh, so yeah, we're out there talking about her. It was, Sonny Garcia, and I think it was, yeah, Kyborg and, and they were looking at the house going like, this thing's getting nuts. I got to start shutting it down because there's a fight's breaking out. And most of the surfers were gone. It was all like the local guys. And like the ice heads started showing up like two and three in the morning, you know, like local moat guys. And it started getting just totally nuts. And I remember I was, I was facing the ocean. Those guys were facing back towards the house. They're back to the ocean. We were in that little front yard strip of grass. There's this little hedge there. It's not very tall. Like you can, you know, look around. It's like four feet high, five feet high, maybe something like that. And also, these three heads just like kind of appear, like materialize. Three heads, like old, like full blood Hawaiian looking dudes, like older guys, like in their sixties probably. And there's just three heads with no bodies, and they're all like in like the same kind of glow. There's like three heads staring, all pissed off, like super pissed. They just turned into like not a good scene. It's bad vibes for sure. These guys looked up. I remember just getting this like message, like, "Shoot your poisons done to our people." I was like, "I don't know how they brought them Hawaii too. You know, don't, don't blame me." And, they got me drunk. Yeah. So I was looking at it, and I go, "I go, no way, look." And Borg hits me. Someone goes, "Close your eyes, look down, don't look." And I wow. close my eyes, look down. I looked up like a minute later, and they were still there. Maybe not a minute, like 20, 30 seconds. I go, there's still there, so I look down. I look down, and Sonny was doing some chants. Like, I guess it was saying, like, who your family is, like your lineage. Like, I'm the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. Yeah. And uh, I looked up again, they were gone. That was, like, my ghost sighting story. Yeah. Well, two things about that is accurate is that, you know, back in the day, you know, like, Western societies, is, you know, in America, that's like, you know, firm handshake, look somebody in the eye. Right. That's not how we did it over here back in the day. Back in the day. And that's a way to show respect over there. Right. But over here, the way you show, showed respect is you don't look the person in the eye. That's disrespectful. And especially royalty. You never look royalty in their eye. Right. You, you, people would look down or look to the ground or, you know, not even look at their face, just look at their chest while they're talking to them. But they right. never look them in the eye because that's almost like a challenge. Right. And a lot of native cultures are like that. Right. Um, or indigenous cultures are like that. So that's probably why they told you to look away to not to not disrespect them first. And then second, whenever you walked into a, a village that you were uh, was unfamiliar or you hadn't been to, or even if you have been, Hawaiian style is you start from outside the village and you start chanting your genealogy so that they know 
who you are and where you come from, what your lineage is, because that was so important to everybody right. back then is what is your lineage? So even like, you know, if you watch some of the award shows, like the Hoku's, it's like the Grammys for Hawaiian music or right. Hawaiian artists. Sometimes when people, you know, for like Hawaiian artists, when they win, a lot of times they go up and half of their speech is them giving their lineage. Right. I am so-and-so son of so-and-so so-and-so so it can be or, or not you know right but um that's just how it was so those right. things are accurate like you know if sonny was doing that then he, he knew what was up you know right right but also you know how you can tell you're not just a random holy because you called bruce brucey and only Kawhi guys call him bruce. <laughs> or used to i don't know how anybody you know call him brucey anymore i only the guys who know him or knew him back then brother bruce and i remember watching him surf when he was like 13 14 you know he's carrying it up at pine trees and we all called him brucey yeah. brucey boy right and then when um when uh andy, andy. had the top floor at the welcome house you oh know, yeah and nobody went in his room but kawaii boys could go you know that was brucey's room yeah, yeah what he became yeah yeah <laughs> so you got any other stories from funny big remember that or anything funny or Mm, my gosh you know um, what i thought was funny is you know the finding bigfoot is a discovery thing and we we watch tv and discovery right. is a whole channel and they got all kinds of stuff going right. on so i'm animal thinking like planet. oh these guys like yeah animal planet whatever you know it's like these like network kind of stuff whatever i'm thinking oh, these guys are rolling deep like they got deep pockets and then we <laughs> no. to the hotel that they put us in and i was like oh brah the hotel was it's different you know they remodeled it in, oh yeah, uh, but that hotel, hotel. Was hotel. Remember that so hotel? Like, what a yeah. piece of crap that place the one, was. So the one in Kapa on the east side. Oh yeah. So like, actually, it's so funny because when John, they, so, were, they like, just started remodeling when we were there. They're just yeah. gonna tear it up. Yeah, they were gonna tear it up. So Mantooth got them for cheap. Yeah, right? we paid so like fifty he, bucks a night. Definitely. Or so he put us up in this like junk hole. And I was like, this is where I'm staying for the next month. We were there for like three weeks or yeah. two weeks or something. Yeah. And like, Mantooth. So I'd met John when we did the scouting, the location right. scouting, right? And then um, Mantooth had told him, asked him, oh, where are you playing music? I want to come see you play, you know? He's like, oh, I'll be at Duke's on a Sunday because he used to play Duke's yeah, yeah. on Sunday, right? And... So then we get back to the junk hotel, you know, and then man, and I was like, texted Mantooth and I was like, okay, whatever. It's this time we got to go see John. And he's like, oh, I don't want to go anymore. I'm tired. And I was like, bruh, if you're going to tell like local people that you're going to do something, you better yeah. follow through and do it. Yeah. You're, you're going to like make, you know, give yourself a bad reputation right. or whatever. And I'm sure he wouldn't have like cared. So we get to Duke's and like, you know, John's playing with his trio and we're just like drinking wine and hanging out and like um, throwing him back. And then Mantis starts getting saucy. So now he's like right. feeling it, you know, right. and then like we're drinking and then it's happy hour. And then we tell John like, oh, come back and let's go to a bar like closer to the hotel, you know, right. so like we don't have to drive like, right. you know, with one eye open. And so we get to a bar and like we're all it was me, John, Mantis hanging out, talking story. And then. Man to the young smoke cigarette, whatever. Right. And he looks at John and I and he goes, well, I'm just going to let you guys flirt over here or leave you to your flirting and I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. And John and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, is that what's happening? We had like no idea right. that we're like no idea. flirting or like doing anything until Mantooth had like totally called us out. Right. And then I was like, oh, I guess, yeah. I guess that's what's happening over yeah. here. But we went back to that stupid ass hotel and like we had remember I like we, had that to, place. we had to drag the bat the bed outside it was so hot. no was, ac there was yeah. no ac no nothing so we dragged the, the mattress, mattress out of the, the lanai yeah. and we were just like sleeping out on the lanai because it was like so hot and i think it was like a twin or a full and like yes. you know like big yeah. hawaiian and then me i'm like not tiny so like we're like on the lanai sleeping over there but it was hilarious because Mantooth is the one who called us out on our um yeah, our flirting stuff. Yeah. So That's it's so, so funny. Yeah. And then I'd get like the most random videos from him in the morning. Like Mantooth would send me these like he was like filming his own commercials for like beef jerky. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, like he'd you be like, This is Mantooth eating the best beef jerky in the world and I don't know. And then I was like always texting John because like he was such a 
man, he would just like, not freak out, but he intense. was just like, he was very intense right. for me, you know, like he's just like an intense yeah, like yeah. person, this guy. And like, remember I told you he'd be like typing on the computer when I was like yeah, driving. And yeah. then, so from Kapa'a to Lahui, they have, um, ContraFlow. Right. And I guess they don't do ContraFlow on the mainland. I don't know. Do they do that? Golden Gate Bridge does it. Okay. So he had no idea. So I'm driving, right? I'm driving from the east side. We're going to film somewhere. And he's doing his, you know, man to a thousand miles a minute typing. And then he would do this thing where he would be like, and then, yeah. and then he'd type and then he'd take a deep breath and he'd be like, and he's like talking out his emails. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. like, am I supposed to be listening to this? What is happening? And then all of a sudden he looks up. And I'm on the wrong side of the road because it's right. contra flow, you right. know, and he screams bloody murder. I slam on the freaking brakes because I'm like, bro, what the, you know, I thought right. like I hit a human being and he's like, what are you doing? You're driving on the wrong side of the road. And I was like, it's contra flow. And he's like, what is contra flow? And I was like, right, it's like the traffic, like to go there you know whatever you but, got three lines, right? yeah exactly and i texted john afterwards and i was like bro this guy's like crazy because i almost got in a car accident he's screaming bloody murder i'm running over chickens and like the whole contra flow thing like he didn't understand it it was just like hilarious remember you got us those shirts babe it was um oh yeah her real name he, is juice. yes her name is really yeah. juice and yes his name is really mentus <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> It was the Man Tooth Juice Show. Well, shoot you guys. Mahalos for talking to me and yeah. a little reminiscing. And thanks for always being so open and welcoming, coming to the island, and always being full of aloha. Hawaiian style, cuz. Yeah. It is. We owe uh, you and Makua a big mahalo. Yeah, you know? seven years later, here we seven, are. Setting us up. How do you say you're welcome in Hawaiian? Aole pilikia. Aloe P- whatever he said. <laughs> it means like no problem. No, it's or like no worries. I mean, okay. All right, you guys. Well, thank you. Mahalo. Wait, you got to say it one time. Wait, how do you say it? Aole Pilikia. Aole Pilikia. 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 Yeah. Aole Pilikia. Yeah. Close yeah. enough. Close enough. I see a perfect brown. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, folks, now we got joining us from the island of Kauai, Hawaii. We got Billy DaCosta, a well-known, well-respected, one of the councilmen of the island. Um, I had known Billy since the 80s at Humboldt State University. Um, Great guy, well-respected, just a real honest, truthful guy. And so we're looking forward to hearing what he's got to tell us about his uh, experiences in Hawaii. So back in 19, I would say it was about 1994, my wife and I was coming back from a party. It was around between 11 and 11.30 p.m. It was about a three-fourths of a moon, and we were passing this famous beach called Pakala. It's uh, a long stretch of road on the west side of the island. There were no lights coming towards us and no lights behind us. And it was pretty clear night, and no clouds in the sky, and we saw about 50 yards ahead of us on our low-beam light, we saw some white cloudy smoke crossing the highway i hit my high beams on and as i got closer uh it was a large white puff of smoke possibly eight to twelve feet high and it stretched across the road at least 30 40 feet and they had silhouettes of over 30 plus marchers small big was crossing a highway and we basically almost came to a halt with the vehicle to let the smoke clear the road before we drove through it. And my wife and I tried to come to a logical conclusion that maybe it was some smoke made by the cattle that was being raised in the pasture on both sides of the highway. But cattle all sleep at night and the smoke wasn't dirt. It was whitish smoke and the pastures are full of grass. They were the grass, you know, it wasn't dust pastures. So, um, and the silhouettes, the shape were, were, were definitely Hawaiian marchers. And then two more people actually verified that story that they saw the exact same thing within a, within you know a month of when we saw it. Isn't it like right in that same spot at Pakala's. 
So they're staying in the same spot in Pakalas. And then your uh, wife, your wife, uh, was it father or uncle had a story too from? Yeah, so that, 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 that spot that the Native Hawaiians uh, travel from the mountain to the ocean, there's a stream that runs to the ocean. That stream brings fresh water to the ocean. And there's a pond where the brackish water, the salt water meets the fresh water. And that's what they call brackish water. And that pond holds mullet. Mullet is a high quality fish that the Native Hawaiians enjoy to eat. So um, I was thinking, you know, if I'm trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together, Bobo, that this, you know, Native Hawaiians were marching to their fish pond to go harvest fish. You know, they've done that when they're alive. They did it for decades and centuries. And, and now that they're not with us anymore, they still transverse back and forth from the mountain, where they call mauka, to the ocean, makai, and, and harvest the, that fish called the mullet. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it seems like when uh, there's entities like that, they continue doing what they did in life, they continue to do in the afterlife. All right, Bobo, thank you, man. I had a good time chit-chatting. Uh, keep me posted and let me know if you, you know, have a back on the islands. Okay, I will, Billy. Thanks so much for your interview. Bless you. Mahalo. Okay, so a lot of you have heard me tell this story when we talk about ESP and mind speak and that sort of thing. I always tell the story about when I dropped my buddy off at the airport at San Francisco International Airport. Well, he's, he's here. I'm in Kauai, and he lives here now. And so, so I said, hey, while I'm here, uh, let's hear the ESP story. So he's going to tell it to you now. This is my buddy, Matt. Hey, Bubba. Great to see you again. You too. That's about 95 or four. Yeah. Kind of another era in a way. But what I remember about that time is uh, you, you took me down to San Francisco airport. I had made a plan to fly to New York, kind of a whimsical plan, actually. My friend Blake, uh, who I was working with on his farm, convinced me to go try to win back my uh, former girlfriend at the time, who was working at a summer camp out there. And, um, I said, okay, I'll go for it. And, but I was going to surprise her. And uh, seeing as how I'd never been t- to New York or didn't know anybody there, I gathered the information of, you know, I think I talked to her and found out where she worked and all that. And, you know, just small talk in the name of her camp. And anyway, I had it written on a piece of paper. And um, this is pre-cell phone, pre-email. Oh, way pre-cell phone. Yeah, this is pay phone days and... I don't think we'd ever, I'd ever seen cell phones at that time. So anyways, yeah, so it was kind of like Seinfeld. When you watch an old Seinfeld, they, half the storyline is because they don't have cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to meet each other. Things that nowadays, yeah, wouldn't, you'd have other solutions for. But um, yeah, so I just had this piece of paper with all my coordinates that I needed in New York and really nothing else. When you dropped me off, you know, I just have my backpack and my wallet and, you know, thanks for the lift and catch you on the flip side. And I think you were headed to go look for surf up north again and catch a tide or something. And it, so I was and, trying to beat traffic across the Golden Gate and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like San Francisco traffic. Yeah, it was a, it was an afternoon drop off. I remember kind of kind of mid, seemed about mid afternoon. Yeah. And um, anyway, I get, you know, I walk into my gate there. And it's weird, as I remember it, it didn't well, so start. You walked into the terminal. Yeah. In the, in, right. Walking in the terminal, heading towards, you know, trying to even remember what security was like in those days. But really what I remember is I was walking down a corridor in the airport there. And there weren't many people around. And I started doing the mental, you know, exercises, making sure I kind of had everything. And uh, took out my wallet. I couldn't find that paper check my pocket so I just stopped there dropped my backpack rummaged through everything oh man because I knew that paper was really the only thing I needed going to New York I mean that was kind of the, the crux of it all I didn't want to go just to sightsee in that couldn't find the paper anywhere and um, in that moment I just kind of you know I just kind of said a pretty I think it was actually kind of an audible prayer that involved that had your name in it like, uh, I think I actually just said Bobo, like, <laughs> Bobo, you know. So, yeah, um, wh- where do you go from there? You could um, try to find a ride 
down to Monterey or, I mean, no way to contact you at that point or anybody that, um, other than I was thinking, well, maybe I catch a bus down to Monterey's to my mom's or something. And, and, you, and you didn't, you didn't have much extra money. You were going to no, yeah, full like, shoestring. Yeah. Yeah. Full shoestring. No, I remember, yeah. On the piece of paper, it had the, she called you from a payphone, So it was a payphone number and the address of the camp she worked in was some out in the um, Egypt sticks. Yeah, I was up in the um, the Appalachian up country, New York. Oh yeah. no, the Adirondacks. Yeah, Adirondacks, exactly. And uh, so, I mean, I was really all I knew is I had nowhere to go in that airport without that paper. So I wasn't going to try to fly to New York without it. And I was pretty set on the trip. Actually, I was pretty psyched on it. And uh, so I just started walking back towards the curb, you know, from the term, you know, yeah, you, kind of you, deep you, in the terminal. Uh, actually, I dropped you off at Terminal 1. I drove back because I heard your voice yell in my head. And then I came back and that same whatever told me, don't go in Terminal 1. I drove to Terminal 2, parked, and walked into Terminal 2. And then I saw you walking in, looking so dejected and so forlorn, <laughs> just walking along. I yelled, Snowdy! And you just were like, I just heard the look of relief and like surprise coming over your face. Yeah, it's about as surprised as I've ever been um, seeing you there, hearing your voice because I definitely was not not expecting to turn around. You know, I mean, there's really no reason to turn around except, I guess, if you get compelled or hear a voice to. Um, so yeah, that was pretty amazing seeing you there, and but um, you didn't really know why you'd come back exactly. So uh, we went out to the curb and rummaged around in your truck and I yeah. found that piece of paper wedged between the seat back and yeah. the seat. And uh, it was like, pretty seemed pretty metaphysical actually to go to, to see you in that airport. It was pretty, pretty unreal. And uh, it got me and I, and I went to New York, had a really kind of a cool trip. Thanks to your, uh, your, your sensitivity to voices uh, voices in my head <laughs> voices in your head <laughs> but um, we always do this thing called Bobo story time on the podcast where I tell like an old story you got an old story with me in it that you can tell one thing I remember I kind of screwed you over on was we're at the harbor, harbor mouth in Humboldt Bay it's like a gnarly big wave break <laughs> and it was fall time and harvest moon we were sampling the various bounty of the crops that year and we were looking at the harbor and it was big and gnarly and I just Matt asked me what, what, what time is low tide I looked at this at the tide look and I was way off I was like seeing cross I just said it's in an hour or an hour and a half and he, so he jumped in and it was like four hours away so it was just like a yeah. meat grinder you know it's funny I, I do remember that it, <laughs> it's a little bit buried but it, now that you you recounted it comes up to the surface pretty clear and that was when uh, I hadn't yet quite learned the lesson to keep track of my own tides uh, for the harbor because <laughs> you know it's, I think probably the first or second year I was surfing out there and and uh, yeah I just asked for a tide check and oh man that that but but you know it was it was a paddle fest just a big time paddle fest <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to drop in I was just sucking out like yeah eight knot current going out the sea just. No way you can make those drops like getting towed. Well, cool, Matt. Mahalos for coming and talking to us. And uh, keep it squatchy on quiet. For sure, Bob. I'd love to look forward to hearing more of your squash stories. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 